Who boy. Who boy. We got a lot of stuff on the docket. God mm-hmm. damn it. <laughs> what are you upset about? A lot of stuff. I don't want a lot of stuff. Silly as that. What are we talking about? Let's go do basketball. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hoop Dreams, the basketball podcast on 8-bit, powered by our pals at Audio Technica. My name is Matt Tilby, and I'm joined by the Jason Capono and Jamario Moon of 8-bit. I'll let you decide who is who. It's John O'Peck and Brendan White. Boys, how are we doing? Woof. That was yeah. uh that was some rough player comparisons there. We are at the <laughs> tail end of the season and the tail end of the barrel by the sounds of this. So uh, I'm, I'm running low. I can you tell? <laughs> Strap in, some, listeners. <laughs> I had some wins. I think Capone won the three point shootout in pretty good fashion one year. Did Jamario Moon ever win a dunk contest? I don't I think, think so. He I could jam so. though. He was a, yeah. He was a good yeah. hooper. Yeah. <laughs> Put some respect on their name. Yeah. But, uh, how are we doing? How how we been? Swimmingly, I think, is what the kids say in the streets. Um, you know, I'm I'm feeling like of uh, I'm prime drip these days. It was a good long weekend up here in Queensland. You, you've brushed up on your uh, your lingo, old man. I That's am good super hip. Yeah, I'm gonna actually yeah. go to Woolies and buy one of those DIY dye kits next and dye out all the grey so I can be like super hip and cool and one with the kids and the people and uh, yeah, just just keep uh, recapturing and reliving my youth. But now I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm thinking about Domino's pepperoni puffs again because they're my new favorite thing and I want all of them. But uh, mm. yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm just drinking black tea instead right now. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, I'm miserable. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a sec when we get through our biggest takeaways from the last fortnight. Maybe well, Brendan can go first. <laughs> let's not uh, delay with that one, Brendan. Do you want to... Uh, divulge on what's happened with us over the last sure sure i um yeah my my biggest takeaway from the last fortnight within the nba universe is that the hoop dreamers boys are fantasy failures we were one three and four overall at the end of the season in the regular standings and uh till we got skittled out in round one by garbs who was the fifth overall team JP got skittled out in the conference finals by Garbs, and I got knocked out by the seventh seed today mm. as well. So uh, no Hoop Dreams teams are officially representing in the 8-bit Invitational in its inaugural year, and it breaks my goddamn heart. Yeah, we've let you all down, everyone. We apologize. I think we, I think we took it too lightly, if anything. I uh, didn't take it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe it. I'm sitting here like a, a Spurs fan after game six in 2013. Like, I'm just, I can't believe I lost. <laughs> well, it's it's like the, the Suns in 2010, like where we were looking good and we just fell apart. I think for me, the biggest thing was mostly injuries, like especially in the last week or so, I think both Sabonis and Giannis and even to a lesser extent, like Vucevic, all had pretty like week-long mm. injuries and we're missing yeah. upwards of four to five games, which made picking something off a, off a weekly schedule pretty difficult. But then obviously Vucevic going for, I think, a, a seven fantasy point yeah. game in the key week of of, uh, of the finals was, was probably not 
uh, you know, not, ideal. not great, not yeah. ideal for me. That's but, what killed uh, me is that I finally have a healthy team because I had Kevin Durant, I had Kevin Love, a bunch of these guys that missed a lot of time, Ja Morant, and they're all healthy this week. And it literally came down to the last three minutes of the Lakers versus the Raptors today. Oh. And Anthony Davis <laughs> had a stinker of a first half and it looked like I was going to win. And then he just pulled out a couple of blocks and rebounds in, in the dying minutes to just beat me by about three points overall. So, yeah, I, I felt like I had a good chance to go on and, and beat Logan if I was to get through, but wasn't to be. And I'm, I'm proud of Logan. I'll be pulling for him because he and I were the 11th and 12th picks in the draft. And we picked up Durant and Steph Curry, who were both coming back from these injuries and people overlooked. So... Uh, it's good to see the underdog get through. Here's, here's the thing, though. He didn't pick them. He was pretty much <laughs> he got a, the a for <laughs> three quarters of the season and just managed to luck out on Ben Simmons and Steph Curry. He, so I think- he did his. Uh, he had his selections, like his auto draft selections that he thought about, and he wanted Steph Curry at that spot, <laughs> so he got Steph Curry. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it hurts. Like uh, I, I for the first time, I think just about all year, I went with mostly consensus picks. So with we played fantasy on Sleeper, and what you can do with that is it shows like you pick a weekly matchup per player, so you only get them to like the points allocated from that one game per week, mm. and it shows the percentage of everyone else that has that that player in in their respective league, so you can go with the majority. And I followed the majority on just about all my picks in my in my conference finals match against Logan. And yeah, a lot of duck eggs. Like I had Jakob Pertl getting 10. I had Paul George going off for nine. And then I had Bradley Beal going off for 45 real life points. And he only got me 24 fantasy points because he didn't get any assists and rebounds because goddamn glory hog Russell Westbrook's in there grabbing everything just to stat to bloody Patty stats. So uh, yeah, I it was rough because most of the games I had fell on the first day of that fantasy yeah. week. You had to so I had a, whole, a whole week of just watching my team just get kicked in the guts. But anyway, it's the joys of fantasy Oof. and uh, onwards and upwards for next year and uh, we'll be back. Dunkin' That's Donuts it. is going to return. Live by the sword, die by the sword. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you, you you won't see the last of Kyrie on my Hayward son, but uh, <laughs> Jono, do you want to go next, or do you want me to uh, to jump in on this one? Yeah, and no, I just wanted to to point out that something we've probably discussed at some point on this show is that sixty is definitely the new fifty when it comes to players mm. going off. It was just today or, or yesterday actually that we saw Michael Porter Jr. go for fifty. And it was only, you know, a couple of days ago that Tatum went for 60 points. So... It's a franchise equaling record, mm, wasn't it? uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm trying to think of like who would have been the guys for the Celtics that would have gone off like that. And I guess Larry Bird. I would have thought Larry Bird. May have had a couple of games where he went ham. But he he never averaged like 30 plus points that I can think of. No. No. but I did a little bit of research and found a few articles about this. One on the Ringer points out, you know, this phenomenon a couple of seasons ago when they noted that in 2010, as I covered in a previous five and five, Andre Miller was the only player to score 50 points that season. The next year, LeBron and Carmelo were the only players to do it. The year after that, KD, Kevin Love, and Darren Williams were the only ones. Darren Williams. To score 50. So, you know, it was a rare thing back then. We've had three players score 60 this season. Uh, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, and Steph Curry. 
and there have been how many do you play, how many players do you think have scored ten? Uh, sorry, how many scores? <laughs> how many players have scored fifty points or more? Did you just give that away? In the I just gave it away. Ten. <laughs> it's ten. Yeah. I was gonna say eleven. <laughs> But I'm going to go with 10. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to go with 10 as well. Yeah, well, Steph Curry's done it three times and Tatum's done it twice. Insane. That's so, insane. <laughs> yeah, and a bunch of guys have gone for, like, there's one, two, three, four, five, six. There's been, like, <laughs> 20 players that have gone for 45 as well. Like Kevin Porter Ooh. Jr. the other day dropped a 50-burger playing for the Rockets, which is absolutely, hand- like, insane. It was- yeah, he did. Yeah, that's- yeah you're right. Is that That's what I was a, thinking uh, of? You you said Michael Porter Jr. Right. Yeah, well, I guess I got my Porter Juniors mixed up. It's it's easy to do. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's. I mean, Jamal Murray, while we're talking about the Nuggets, it's another one that went for 50. But yeah, it's just... I, I guess it's the the pace of the, the game just seems quicker than before. There's so many more three-point shooters going off. And, and like, you look at some of the scores, it's not uncommon for teams to score 100... 40, 130 points in a game where, you know... In regulation too. Yeah, yeah, that's right, in regulation. Looking at these games where people have scored 50-plus, only two of them were in overtime games. Wow, okay. Whereas you'd think that, you know, that that's going to help a lot, but it, it doesn't really. And I think... Is it a... Is it a... Like an energy thing where players have less... Like they're not defending as hard because there's like the NBA is just in a different place because of COVID and the bubble and the lack of fans in the I th- arena. I think it's probably a couple of things. Yeah, like the the energy with it, as you said there, like the fact that they are playing at such a high pace and stretching the floor so often means that you're always going to have you know a mm. pretty competent three point shooter who's open. Um, and I think as well, like given how players have adapted, you might have maybe four or five pretty solid three-point shooters on your team you, your centers are now shooting threes your, your power forwards are now shooting threes compared to you know what 10 years ago when you may have only had you know your, your two or your big three so mm-hmm. there's always going to be more options for for teams to really rack it up so i think that's just the the way that basketball has changed yeah it's definitely the three-point shooting makes a huge difference like looking through this list of of players i guess Jokic would be the one that isn't like a big three-point shooter and he may, may have hit like a bunch of threes in that game mm-hmm. where he scored 50. Do you remember, Brendan? He, I think he got four or five yeah. maybe in there that game. Go. Yep. And Embiid can obviously obviously step out and shoot the ball and, you know, everyone else on that list too. So Fred Van Vliet, 54 points. Like, mm. <laughs> like the, the equivalent of Fred Van Vliet 10 years ago was I don't know like Devin Harris he, he may have scored 50 once in his career but yeah. God, I mentioned for Devin Harris and Devin Williams in the one episode fantastic <laughs> and Jamario Moon got some love at the drop too it's uh <laughs> yeah. we're throwing all kinds of names from yesteryear into this one mid 2000s quality players but yeah. uh <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of talent in the league is the other thing I should say mm. like definitely it's pretty thrilling to see that a center can can go off for 50 it's not something that you'd, would happen in every era. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk about the run home. Now, at this point in time, I'd say most teams, you'd be looking at around, give or take, around sort of 10 or so games left before 
the end of the season, there may be a couple more if you end up falling into that playoff or play-in position, I should say. Um, and it's it's been tight because you've only got maybe three or four teams on each conference who have already been, I guess, confirmed for the playoffs, but only two, as I'm counting, two on the East and three on the West have only been eliminated from playoff contention. So... Mm. There's there's some I guess there's a lot of parity along each conference um, and still teams who are still mathematically I guess um, still in with a shout especially you know your your Cavs and your Sacramento Kings are, are you know hovering over the cliff it seems but realistically you know the makeup of I'd say like the top eight if we're going just on traditional you know, playoff standings, the makeup of the top eight is is pretty tough to uh, to call, especially, you know, in the East where, you know, fifth through to eighth, you'd be looking at maybe three or four games. Mm-hmm. So it, it's tough to call. Um, I didn't want to mention it too much, but obviously, you know, Phoenix on top, knock on wood, we can keep it there. I was surprised that it actually did happen because the, the shooting from the hip that I did a couple episodes ago, I immediately was like, I've completely jinxed them, <laughs> but they've they've hung on. They're holding on for dear life for that number one spot. But uh, I think the teams that are in the play-in position in the West—that's what worries me, because <laughs> we could Ooh, yeah. get. Yeah, could... if you come, come go off against Steph and he's just uh, you know he's cooking that day, it's gonna be gonna be very very interesting. But um, or I'm even very the excited. Lakers, like yeah. even like seeing the Lakers bounce like. They're tied for wins with the seventh and fifth seeds, so they could easily finish seventh if things don't go their way. And that, the way they went down to the wraps today, whew, like anything could happen. Especially as you know, LeBron's still finding his fitness or his his health with that ankle, and then Drummond's being brought into the team, so they still have to figure out how does he fit in next to AD and, and mm. LeBron on the floor at the same time. So there's a bit to work out there for the reigning champs and. You you know, despite that, I don't think you'd be wanting to face off with them in the first round of the playoffs. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I think that it's that would a, be a very Phoenix thing to do. Would to be bounce in the first round against the Warriors. Don't or you bring Le- that evil on me, LeBron Ricky James. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I Brendan it, knows like how many years did Le- did LeBron just own the Raps in the playoffs? And... He, he lives rent free in uh, in, in Raptors <laughs> history. Lebonto, that's for damn yeah. sure. Yeah, it's... he had to he had to move conferences for you guys to even get to the finals. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I mean, even then, like you've got you've got the Lakers there, you've got Dame and the Blazers, Jamarant and the Grizzlies. Like out of the teams in there, like you'd say the Grizzlies and maybe the Spurs. I like the maybe one or two teams that you would probably be like, okay, yeah. I'd be somewhat happy with. But like, yeah, I mean, any of the teams within that seventh to tenth range in the West could be, you know, could be Kingslayers there. But even I mean, the even Spurs, in- like, I would be yeah. scared of Pop, <laughs> like just yeah. of Pop. He's like, got that he, mentality yeah. of the playoffs, yeah. <laughs> and the Pellies, yeah. I think the like the Pellies potentially like on their day if if zion and, and ingram can can sort of catch catch fire on a day like um i think they might eat you eat the suns up a little bit in the post that's for sure like the sun's mm. strength is in their guards like yeah you've got Aiton who's who's no slouch but i think i think zion and um yeah ingram could feast inside a little bit so that could be fun too but Mm. They're, they're such a disappointing team, the Pellies. Like, they're doing all they can. It feels like the, the league's doing all they can to get them into the finals for more Zion <laughs> hysteria, but they just won't walk through the door. Yeah. yeah. 
it's it's the other side of it as well on the east boston charlotte indiana and washington currently occupying the play-in spots that's a tough one to call too you'd obviously think boston are going to be the team who i guess get through that but given the fact that you know Lamelo's back for the hornets it could be you know their chance to really uh I guess show the uh, the league what's what. It would make and... me so happy if Hayward came in and slapped like you know in the seven v eight match and they slapped the <laughs> slapped the Celtics and, and made it in and then Boston had to play the Pacers or the Wizards or the Bulls. Hopefully not the Raptors because they don't make it. But uh, you know that's that's my hope. Yeah, and I, I guess uh, the other, only other thing in the East that I wanted to shout out was the Knicks riding high in fourth, thirty six and twenty eight. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Nine and one. Equal best record last ten games with the Nuggies at nine and one. (laughs) They just they just keep on keeping on. Like and they're slapping teams around at the moment. Like Yeah. 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 absolutely insane. Full credit to them. Also Atlanta doing uh, a pretty decent job at thirty five and thirty, fifth in the East as well. So it's an unpredictable sort of landscape as we move into the uh, closing stages of the regular season. So But who knows, by the time we uh, record again, we may have uh, a better idea of, of what's happening with this play-in race. And uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, we can uh, keep the Suns in the first spot. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> but uh, any more for any more? Negative. Uh, all right, it. let's uh, move on in. Basketball bits. Basketball bits, the weird and wonderful stories going on in basketball right now. And, uh, of course, we just mentioned LeBron there in uh, the takeaways at the start of the show. And uh, he admits his uh, things might be uh, getting a little bit uh, difficult for him following that uh, ankle injury. He uh, he's admitted in an interview that uh, he said he, quite, he knew he wasn't going to get back to 100%. It's impossible. I don't think I will ever get back to 100% in my career. And... I mean, to be honest, at the age he's at, it was never going to be him really being, I guess, 100% anyway. I think at his age, it does get a little bit difficult. But obviously, coming back from an ankle injury as severe as as his was, it's going to be tough, you'd have to say. Yeah, he's um, he's always been indestructible, like a bit of a terminator. And I think him saying something like this is very... You know, everything he says is calculated and narrative-driven, it feels like. Uh, do you remember when he got bounced out of the, the finals and he showed up to the press conference with his hand in a cast and then that was it? <laughs> you never heard about it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll, he'll, he's not afraid to like take a, a free throw with his left hand to, to prove a point that he's hurt when, when they're losing. But I di- digress. Um, I think him talking about his health like his body starting to break down slightly after being indestructible for so long is notable like it, i don't know what his what his angle is with this cuz i think there's definitely an angle but maybe he's just human after all you know if he bleeds you can kill it yeah i i think i think i'm with you there jp like um clearly the lakers are looking a step back from where they were last year so maybe he's just tempering expectations like everyone's still like oh come playoffs lebron and ad are going to switch on and blah 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 but i think mm. they're almost sort of just saying you know injuries i'm never going to be 100% so if they do maybe not make it to the big dance again this year it's going to sort of lessen some of that negative media spin so i think there's a bit of bit of tact there from from the king <laughs> 
I, I mean, the way I see it is that this might be his subtle nod to like his management to be like, okay, I'm not at the the level that I'm, you know, I'm used to playing at, and I'm I'm definitely not as sprightly as I used to be, you know, ten years ago when I was playing for the Heat. But like, I think he's sort of using it as sort of a, a subtle like nod, nudge, nudge, being like, get me some help. I know that I've got help with with AD and and Drummond coming in, but I mean, he's probably looking to I guess fill the team out more because obviously with the teams he's he's had within the last say five years it's always been lebron a supporting character and then dad's army of you know no hopers on a one-year minimum contract so i think (laughs) it 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 might you know it might incentivize teams you know whether he does stay with los angeles until he retires or wherever he goes Mm -hmm. to perhaps fill out a team to help him i guess manage that load or, or give him those pieces so we can i guess better fill out a team but yeah. that's just me i think it, it, it's sad that you know he, he's having to be like i'm not the man i once was even though he's done <laughs> an absurd amount for anyone at his age let alone anyone at his you know at the point of his career but yeah, yeah. it's tough to hear i don't know that it would necessarily be saying it for like management's benefit because they have done a great job putting people around him. Like they they got the sixth man of the year to their roster from the from the rivals like the in town rivals of the Clippers with Montrez Harrell. So I, I I think that they've got the pieces to you know make the run. Maybe it's more in line with what you're saying, but directed towards someone like AD. Like maybe he's saying like I'm not going to be 100. percent So you need to step up and and like get the job done. 100%. I'm, I'm with you again there, JP. We are in the, the same book on the same page in this episode. And uh, you could see it like, you know, you, myself and Garbs were all watching the Raps-Lakers game today and AD did not give a crap. Yeah. Like the effort level was barely there. And I know that they're probably, it's his first game, like his first week back for after many, many weeks off with injury. But like for someone that's getting paid in between 30 and $40 million a year, that have just won a championship, you've been in a losing culture your entire career until now, you'd think he'd have a bit more fire, but it just feels mm. like he's just going through the motions a little bit. Like LeBron is 36 years old and still playing with that same type of fire. But yeah, the body isn't what it was, but AD could could be you know the best player in the league, but it feels like he's just missing that final bit of killer mm. instinct there. Maybe that's what this yeah. was too, was LeBron... Like, like indirectly saying, you know, Davis, step up, man. This is your team. Like, this should be your team and I should be the, the Robin to your Batman now. But it's just not happening at the moment. Mm. And he also left that game today with that ankle injury in the third quarter, I think, or early in the fourth quarter. And that even in itself is something you don't really see from him too often. Just like a niggling injury forcing him to... to you know, step out of a, a game that they could have won. They made a big run in the fourth quarter, and if he was out there, then I feel like they would have had a really good chance yeah, to win. And, and, and they're at the point in the season where it's easy to look at a team like the Lakers and think they're waiting for the playoffs, but they're actually at risk here. With all the injuries they've had, they're actually at risk of having to play in that play-in tournament, which isn't what they would want to do at this point. Uh, I just yeah. think that... You, know. you, you you put the point in the uh, in the the doc there obviously about a, this time last year he he was asking for that play in tournament for the final playoff berth and 
I guess the the second image. How recent is this quote that he's put here? Today. Today. Okay. So <laughs> today he said, he said whoever you know came up with the idea needs to get fired. He, he doesn't <laughs> want to play in a playing tournament now that he's part of it. Yeah, just because it, it affects me, I don't want it anymore. That's for sure. That's yeah. such a yeah. Come the, on, LeBron. The comments out of out of him and out of AD today. Very interesting. If you have a chance to look them up. Mm, Sounds I like mean, there's a few problems over there. Isn't there always with LeBron managed teams? Like <laughs> it used to be with him and, and Ty Lu and then yeah. all this other stuff. Like, yeah, it, it's bound to happen. But yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll see him return to something, I guess, somewhat close to his best. Obviously, he said he can't be at 100%, but mm. he's hoping he can get uh, back up to speed shortly. Just got to make it work for the playoffs. That's the thing. Yeah, I think that's all that'll matter for very, him. Very possible still. Yeah. As we uh, we move on, obviously, the Oscars were uh, announced, I guess, in between uh, episodes for mm-hmm. us last time. And uh, a big shout out to Utah Jazz's Mike Conley, and uh, who, I guess, see, I didn't know this was a thing. I, I wasn't aware he was attached to this project. But, uh, of course, the best live action short film was awarded to Two Distant Strangers, um, of which Conley was the executive producer on the film, in addition to Kevin Durant, who was another uh, EP on the short. Have Have you guys taken a look at this short and seen what it's about? No, I have Negative no idea. Writer. I got no idea. Like, it sounds like they just bought their like maybe they chucked some funding behind this to get a producer's credit. Like, maybe they did more. I'm not going to dismiss the alleged work that that Conley and KD did for this. <laughs> But um, it's interesting the headlines have been about Mike Conley and then it's just like a side note, Kevin Durant was also an EP. So it's like, it makes me think that Conley maybe was a bit more involved and had a bit more ownership over this. That's what I assumed, yeah. I mean, the the short film itself is is basically on um, sort of a man's police interaction Okay. Um, and it's sort of it's almost like that Groundhog Day sort of style. He oh, wakes up and it's I a bit of a loop. Yeah, yeah I watched this. It's on Netflix. Yes, it was just released, I believe, sort of early last month in April, um, right. and it only just just won the award. I believe there was also some controversy about it uh, because it sort of took off um, a pretty sort of an original sort of short that happened, I think, a couple of years ago. I'll, I'll have to look that up and, and mm. uh, share the news. But I mean. Fair play to to both uh, Conley and Durant. It looks like it's it's a it, it's a piece that's very relevant for now. Obviously, we've had um, the ruling on the Derek Chauvin case, and you know a whole bunch of really awful um, sort of violence towards uh, black people in America and and people of of other races as well. Like it, it will never not be relevant. I think in mm. in in this day and age which is uh, disappointing but yeah. any way to, to sort of get it to to people um whether it is a short film or, or whatever i think is 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 good thing so yeah um Con- conley and durant i should say um as in the article they both join uh, the late kobe bryant as the only nba all-stars to win academy awards so another feather in the cap for both of them yeah i now that I, I know what it is, I can 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 recommend <laughs> watching this short uh, film. It's got a lot of um, uh, cool people attached to it. Uh, Puff Daddy was one of the producers as well. 
How many producers do they have on this thing? I'm looking at the list. One, two, three. So, so there's like seven producers listed, including <laughs> um, Terence J, who some people might know as an as an actor and entertainment reporter. But um, that doesn't mention the NBA players there. So I guess the executive producers are a little different to that. But it stars Joey Badass as the main yeah, the rapper, oh, okay, the main cool. role. Yeah. <clears throat> And it's about a guy that's trying to get, you know, he's he's ha- had a date with a woman and he's trying to get home to his dog. And in every interaction, he just gets shot by this cop who has a problem with him. Despite no matter what he does, no matter what, like, how he tries to avoid it or de-escalate or run for his life, he just always gets killed in a Groundhog Day type scenario. So, yeah, interesting concept. And uh, it's, it's on Netflix, so there's no reason not to check it out yeah definitely go and uh watch it seems like a pretty powerful watch and uh of course last episode we uh informed you all about uh shyla heel who was selected uh in the wnba draft and uh we may have another australian joining us in the nba josh giddy who has been plying his trade at the adelaide 36s um has declared for the 2021 nba draft uh this kid is the next big Australian hope really for the, for the boomers. And I'd say he would probably get some, some good minutes at the, uh, the 2021 Olympics. But uh, I was not aware he was 18. Like he's, he's so been ripping it up there. in Adelaide. Yeah. But yeah. And, and he's a he's, big body. Like he's, he's six, eight. So he's another one of these big, big, tall, solid guards from a stature perspective. And he can, he can score, he can distribute. He, he gets rebounds with that height as well. And um, yeah, predicted lottery pick at the moment. So uh It'll be nice to see another Aussie uh, land in the lotto following on from Simmons and then uh, Bogut back in the day. So uh, yeah. be our third lottery pick. Uh, he's got some talent. Like he's still a little mm. bit raw, but he, he certainly doesn't look uh, out of his element playing against grown men here in the NBL. Like obviously completely different to the NBA, but it's it's still a decent temperature check for him to see if he's going to stack up. And, and I think he's going to acclimate well to, to the big leagues next year. Yeah, and that's that's the most important thing. Obviously, Lamelo came from the NBL last season and tore the place up. And obviously, Giddy this season in the article uh, says he's averaging eleven points, almost eight assists, and eight rebounds in a league that a like you said was probably not to the standard of the NBA, but also has shorter. Probably, probably. Um, I can't. I'm not an. I'm not an NBL player. Yeah. I can't. I can't vouch, but. Um, also, it's it's a shorter time for them. Yeah. It, there's not a 48-minute game for yeah. them. So he's probably on pace for the sort of average that you would probably get if you're um, comparing times for them. But The I fact mean, that he's 18 is the thing here. Like, yes. If he's yet to develop that man's body that you need in the NBA, at six foot eight, there's a lot of room for him to probably bulk up and, and get into NBA shape. But yeah, you look at what Lamelo was able to do in the NBA after people kind of questioned the level of competition in the NBL, and I think teams will be a bit more enthusiastic about drafting a uh, an NBL player. Well, I think as well, like not only Lamelo, you had RJ Hampton who went on to Denver, was drafted by Denver. I now should say at now the Magic. At, now at the Magic, <laughs> I was going to say that. Thank you, um, but also Jay Sean Tate um was playing at the Sydney Kings as well so i think more basketball eyes are being opened to the fact that the NBL is a much uh, more likely or viable mm. um 
pathway to the NBA draft rather than going to college and not making any money. Mm. So I think people are, are certainly looking at that as, as a new way forward. But I mean, 13th prospect in ESPN's top 100, there is a good likelihood that he may um, may go further up as he said that he is going to see out the season um, with the the 36ers. And obviously, Lamelo, as soon as he was announced, he pretty much said, I'm packing up. I'm done. So mm. who knows? It could it could be a gamble that might not pay off. He may drop. He may go higher. But uh, we'll have to see what happens because I'm I'm reading the scouting report. He's he's definitely I'm I'm seeing the comparison between him and Kevin Durant being that sort of <laughs> well the tall rangy sort yeah. of like guard seems to be the, the I guess Kevin Durant when he was drafted he was very like sure. stick thin. It's probably yeah, the best yeah. way to say it, but. <laughs> Um, word is he's a very good ISO defender. So, you know, we're going to be clamping down so many teams at the Olympics if we're playing Ben Simmons and Josh Giddy. If they all end up fronting up and playing, that's that's going to be the the big thing all the time. But yeah, it's it's awesome to see. And um, really curious to see where, where the dominoes fall for this kid. Uh, come the draft, who knows? Maybe ends up a bull or a raptor, yeah, JP. Yeah. Like we're both, <laughs> we're both sort of sniffing the the back back uh, third of the lottery. So yeah, um, yeah who knows? Let's I, get some giddy. I think the Olympics is on the same time as the draft, so he won't actually be there, unfortunately. Oh, I okay. think that does that sound right? Yeah. Um, I'll I'll check the draft right now. Play me out, and boys. His, his, his old man Warren Giddy, oh sorry, Warwick Giddy, was a Melbourne Tiger for a long time yes. during their heyday with uh, Gazy and Leonard Copeland and Mike Bradkey. So cool to see, you know, the legacy. You bang, you bang on the money, JPs. Yeah. So yeah, the Olympics are running from Friday the twenty third of July through to Sunday August the eighth, and the NBA draft is held on the 29th of July. So yeah. maybe maybe the like the basketball stuff could be wrapped up by then and he could <laughs> fly back but with covid and stuff and it's going to be iso accepting his hat via zoom call or yeah, you know yeah. on on yeah. tiktok or whatever the hell anyway I wonder if they'll have like all the hats at his you know they do man the, they do the Olympic, I just watched the Olympic I watched Village. the NFL draft last weekend and oh, there were yeah. so many like um, you know, families filming their 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 potential son getting drafted, right. and there was like thirty two hats on a table. You can see it sort of just just off center all the time, and then pick up that hat and chuck it on. That's funny. No, oh, that's pretty good. Well, uh, giddy up for Josh Giddy. Hopefully, he mm. does. Uh... Oh, they'll love that in the NBA. Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah, they're gonna. <laughs> they're Ooh, gonna yeah. absolutely use that for sure. But uh, yeah, that's it for basketball bits and. Uh, Johnny's got a little uh, fun new segment for us. Yeah, it's called Who'd He Play For? Who'd He Play For? <laughs> so Who'd good you've got to hear for? it twice. <laughs> Maybe three times. <laughs> Who'd He Play For? <laughs> there we are. So, Who'd He Play For? It's very easy to forget. <laughs> I just I tried to read that line. Remember it's how easy, easy, easy it is to forget? <laughs> no. Anyway. Uh, where am I going with this? So I was listening to No Dunks recently and they were talking about the NBA journeyman and like trying to define what is a journeyman. And it just made me think about some of these players who've played for so many teams that it's, you know, it's so easy to forget along the way. Uh, and I wanted to make it into a little bit of a game for you guys. So I've got uh, how many players here that we're going to go through and you're going to try and name the teams that they've played for. We've got Ooh. one, two, three. We've got five players. Five okay. Players. So, 
it's going to be like a take it in turn kind of thing. So, for example, if I said LeBron James, then Brenton would say the Cavs and then Matt would say the Heat. And then okay. Bren- Brenton says, I don't know. And then you, like Matt gets the point. Basically. So it's like okay. categories, like last man standing sort of thing. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So first off the rank is Dwight Howard. Who starts? Uh, Brendan, you can go first. Orlando Magic. Yep. Do we have to name them in order? No, 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 no. Charlotte Hornets. Correct. LA Lakers. Yes. <laughs> uh, Atlanta Hawks. Correct. Washington Wizards. Yep. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers. That's right. One more. I knew it would have done to me. I had the sixes in the chamber just now. <laughs> do you know it, Toby? I think I do. I, I don't know if we've said it already, but... Give me give me five seconds. No, I'm going to have to pass. Beep. I don't want to... I don't have the buttons for uh, Hungry Game Show, but give yourself some kind of... Yeah, there we go. The Houston Rockets. Were the, the Rockets. Ah, oh, yeah. He actually played there for three seasons as well. Yeah, so, how do we forget that. <laughs> yeah. So in order, it was Orlando, obviously the one year at the Lakers, three years in Houston, then Atlanta, Charlotte, Washington, Lakers again, and Philadelphia. So there you go. Who did he play for? That's who he played for. Okay. Next sorry. one up is uh, Lou Williams. Matt Tilby, oh. I'll let you go first. Uh, Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Yes. Now, here is where I absolutely <laughs> fall off the wagon. Um, Atlanta Hawks. Yes. Toronto Raptors. Correct. Before you start every player, can you just tell us how many teams they played for? Not the actual teams, but like give us a ballpark so that we know. Okay. Well, there's two more for, for okay. Lou Williams. <laughs> two that I've absolutely forgotten. Utah Jazz? Damn. Okay. What you've just said <laughs> is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. That's a bit brutal. Yeah. Well, you missed the Lakers and the Rockets. <sighs> He only I, played 23 games for the Rockets, but he played 125 for the Lakers. Two I seasons. had the Lakers lined up, but yeah, I would never have got the Rockets. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that too. Everyone yeah. forgets about the Rockets, it seems. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're not sure, just say the Rockets. Yeah. <laughs> the next player is Rajon Rondo. And there are one, two, three. So I start eight. this round, there's, right? There's eight, yeah, there's eight teams. I guess I'll eight. start with the Celtics. <laughs> yep. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. Correct. The Los Angeles Lakers. Yep. The Los Angeles Clippers. Yep. The Atlanta Hawks. Yep. Two more, uh, three more. <laughs> the Houston Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> Nope. Uh. <laughs> okay, so we had the Kings for one oh, season. God. We had the Chicago Bulls for one season with Dwayne Wade and the Dallas Mavericks 
This is tougher than season. I thought. <laughs> yeah. The Mavericks were the first team after Boston, if you recall. Yeah, that would have made sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's uh, two points for Brendan and one point for Matt, I believe. The next one. Uh, this is definitely a journeyman. Jared Dudley. Oh. Who starts with... Is, I, I started last time, so uh, Tilby? Yeah, yeah, Tilby can go first. How many teams? One, two, three, four, five, seven teams. Oh, jeez. Uh, Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Seven seasons with Phoenix. Seven seasons with Phoenix. Mm. And he did shit all during them. <laughs> did he play for 76ers? Um, is that your guess? No, he didn't. <laughs> Well, I called I it will. out now, so I got to play yourself out. Uh, so <laughs> let's 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 pretend. Like, I'll give you the point, Tilby. But let's pretend that Brendan didn't just say the sixes, and we'll see how many you guys can get. So take another stab, Brendan. Pick someone that you know he definitely played for. I, I'm blanking on Dudley. Like I just picked him serious? in his son's garb with his headband. <laughs> he just won a championship. Oh, Lakers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Brooklyn Nets. You just keep going because Brendan doesn't know any. Yeah. I, well, I think that's where I, I finish up. <laughs> okay. So he played two seasons in Charlotte. I mean, everyone did. So. Washington, he had a season. He had a season with the Clippers and he had a season with the Bucks. Well, I think, yeah, I think Brendan did say Bucks just before you, you cut him off there. but oh. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> that was after I already tanked that one. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Sixers, I could see that being a thing, but no, it wasn't a thing. Yeah. So you're both on two points each here. So this is this will be the determine the winner. And I'm, um, you know, it's only five teams this guy played for, but it was longer, longer you know, stints, longer time. No, it's been more time since it happened. So it, I'm hoping that you forget one of them, and it's Dennis Rodman. Well, I'll start with the Bulls. Uh-huh. Detroit Pistons. Correct. Spurs? Yep. There's two more. <laughs> mm. Got me here. Um, so, w- where did he go after the Bulls? After, the, you know, the dynasty, the last dance, the dynasty? Well, it was it was Spurs and then that's all I remember. Um <laughs> Shoot your shot, baby. Let's just say... Uh, Lakers. Yes. Oh, Fuck. Did go to the Lakers? Fuck. And there's one more team. I had the Lakers. Rodman. You went to the Lakers the very next season because Phil Jackson went there as well. Well, it's, I assume that's why he went there. But 12 games he played for this team before oh. re- retiring. Averaged 14 rebounds a game at the age of 38. But must have got hurt. I'm not. I'm not going to say the Rockets. <laughs> 12 games he played for this team. Yep. Western Conference. I'll give you that much of a. I hint. gotta. I gotta make a call. <laughs> Am I just going to throw throw it in and just go the other LA team and go the Clippers? The Dallas Mavericks. The Mavs. So, Matt Tilby, congratulations. You've won. Who'd he play for? Yes. You suck. Yeah, let's hear That's the jingle. You, not me. <laughs> let's hear the jingle one more time, Brendan. 
good hip profile. It sounds like you got bloody Zordon from Power Rangers in for a cameo there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, weird. Anyway, but uh, that was fun. That, that was a lot of fun. Let's uh, let's do that again sometime. Yeah, we should. But uh, we move on as uh, I've got myself a five and five. Five minutes. Five. Five. In five minutes. Now, I thought this was going to be something that you guys may have had some idea about previously. But, uh, yeah, this this sort of popped up on my Instagram feed and I decided to investigate. Um, originally, it was purely from the 1976 draft, which is, of course, the, the first draft after the NBA-ABA merger. Um, but it seems as though, I guess, previous drafts and, and drafts that came afterwards um, had a lot more than the, I guess, the two-round draft that we expect today. So mm. it looked like t- there was 10 rounds of uh, of <laughs> picks. And how many in- teams back then? Like six, 18 or something? <laughs> 700. Um, <laughs> there, was, there was quite a few. But uh, yeah, this is uh, a bit of a five and five that I was going to do entitled The Five Weirdest Selections from NBA Drafts in the 70s. Brendan, when you're ready. In at number five, we have James Williams, drafted by the Atlanta Hawks in 1974. Now, Pat Williams uh, was one of the, I guess, well-known front office men in basketball. He worked for general manager for the Bulls, the Sixers, and the Magic. Uh, But his most famous pick comes as uh, GM of the Atlanta Hawks. The 10th and final round in 1974, Williams drafted James Williams. And it turned out that he responded that uh, he was from Piedmont Hospital in Atlanta. He's 19.5 inches tall and seven and a half pounds. As it turned out, he had just drafted his son, who had been born right. literally earlier in the day. So he just <laughs> he had drafted an infant child. Um, the NBA immediately wow. was disallowed to pick, and they drafted uh, Brendy Lee uh, <laughs> from Nebraska instead. Why would you try to do that? I wonder if Here's he's got the- a basketball reference page. <laughs> Here's the thing. That's going to be a running running trend that uh, the NBA will disallow some of these picks, right. but uh, we will continue on. In at number four is uh, someone you may know who's a little bit more older and a little bit more famous. Um, it is the, well, I guess, currently known as Caitlyn Jenner, uh, who, of course, won the decathlon gold medal at the 1976 Olympics in Montreal. Um, I won't use the original name to, obviously, I don't want to dead name anyone, but... Uh, Yes, she was uh, drafted by the Kansas City Kings in uh, the seventh round of the 1977 NBA draft. Had some previous basketball experience at the time, but uh, had never considered basketball at that time as well. But uh, they'd actually, when they had announced the pick, they actually gave Jenna uh, a jersey with the decathlon score on the back from the Olympics. So I guess it was more of like a... A ceremonial pick, I so guess. So they didn't have to declare for the draft back then. Well, uh, once again, a running trend. You'll see yeah. what happens with it. But um, number three is Lucia Harris. Now, if you Google Lucia Harris, you'll find out she is technically the first woman to be drafted in the NBA draft. Now, she was drafted in 1976, and this one is a little bit different because technically she rejected the the draft pick but the well she was drafted in 1977 by the new orleans jazz Mm. and was a star in women's basketball at the time and 
didn't even go to training camp because later found out that uh, she was a couple months pregnant. So once again, things not really going by the wayside. But uh, number two in the 1976 draft goes to the Los Angeles Lakers, who I believe in the later rounds of the draft, this is all I could I could figure out, uh, drafted Scooby-Doo. <laughs> what? Yeah. Not a joke. They had drafted Scooby Doo. This pick was once again what rejected. Were they smo- what were they rejected by the, the NBA? I don't know because cocaine number- era. I think <laughs> exactly because number one, the Los Angeles Lakers in the exact same draft drafted, and this is not a joke, a wooden chair. Is there a story? No. <laughs> there has to be a story about this. <laughs> once again. As much as I could, I'd find about Scooby-Doo and the wooden chair, there isn't as much as that as there is on, obviously, a star basketball player by Lucia Harris and Bruce Jenner and James Williams. Mm. Even honourable mentions to Carl Lewis, other famous uh, Olympian who was drafted in 1983 by the Bulls. So clearly they had uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> they had learned from their mistakes they- to draft MJ. <laughs> yeah. They must have like got to these like tenth rounds and they were just having a laugh at this point. Like, well, I th- I think what I think what was happening play? is yeah, I think what was happening is a lot of these teams realised that with the ten rounds that a lot of the the drafts went to was too much and they were just using these picks as uh, publicity yeah. or purely to prove a point to uh, the NBA as a whole that there's too many drafts here. You need to mm. you know too many rounds of these drafts. You need to tone it down and obviously. Um, in the mid 80s they then would reduce it to I guess the two rounds that we now know and love today but yeah as you can see from from what I've been explaining there's been some weird and and wonderful uh, draft picks that have happened I believe there was another one in I believe the mid 80s Norman Horvitz from the 76ers in 1983 was their 10th round pick 227th overall Um, he he was drafted he stood at 510 and was 49 years old (laughs) Uh, and it seems like he was a good friend and frequent poker opponent of the owner Harold Katz at the time. So clearly, just ha- teams having a laugh, having a bit of a you know muck around with their draft picks. But yeah, that's it. I mean, thankfully, it's a much more well thought out and and I guess uh, sensitive sort of selection today. Yeah, yeah, they had they had that draft pick a couple of years ago. I can't remember his name, but he was like a, a lottery prospect. But he got diagnosed with a like a disease, yeah, or something. You he, might remember. Is that, he's is that uh, Derek White. I'll have to check that one up. But I know that he he's now actually I think playing in the lower leagues in I believe Croatia or somewhere in in the in uh, in Eastern Europe. But it was uh, Isaiah Austin. Who, yes, in 20, it. 2014, it was a while ago, he was diagnosed with Marfan syndrome, uh, which I, th- I think is a condition that Abraham Lincoln had. But it, it affects obviously affects your health to a, a degree that it just wasn't appropriate for him to play in the NBA, I guess. Well, he's still playing now, though. That's the thing. Like I was saying, he's he's playing, I think, in Croatia, but he's only, right. he's lost uh, sight in one of his eyes because the, of this, this Marfan syndrome right. but he's still playing like cool. which is insane but like yeah, yeah full but credit yeah, to him obviously not at the NBA level but yeah. they wanted to honour him because he was you know such a talent and came so close to, to getting drafted that Adam Silver just called his name and he got to come up there and shake his hand and um, 
you know, just get that moment, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. At least they're doing it with a little more reverence than uh, drafting Scooby-Doo in a chair. Yes. Goodness <laughs> gracious. There should be more rounds in the draft, though, in my opinion. At least a third round. <laughs> a third round that is just a publicity pick for each team. <laughs> uh, not even. It's just um, a lot of good, talented players don't don't get drafted. I know they then get signed as, uh, you know, UDFAs and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I think with, with the size of an NBA roster, like you look at NHL, like their seven round drafts and they, they field, you know, they've got 20, 21 to 23 active players. It's only eight more than an NBA roster max cap. Mm. And there's three and a half times the amount of rounds. So chuck a third one in there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's needed with the format of the NBA because they have the G League where people can go if they aren't drafted. And then that is kind of a development process. Yeah. They just get sent to the the G League anyway if they did well, get drafted you've also got the Summer League which I guess is like a, another place for yeah. people to earn their contract if they don't uh, get originally drafted anyway so yeah but second round's unguaranteed so just make a third round unguaranteed as well at least that way on the night you can guarantee the player you want instead of getting into a bidding war on the phone after the draft or are, are you going to watch the third round of the drafts Brennan I would, yeah, would only, I, I watched seven rounds of NFL draft over the weekend <laughs> I was about to say it's like Everyone watches the first day of you know the NFL and the NHL drafts. How many people do you see watching like the dregs getting drafted late rounds? This guy. Like- I, I, I sat up till 2 a.m. on Sunday morning and watched the start of the fourth and fifth rounds of the NFL to see what my rap Vikings were doing. So, yeah, you guys can suck a fat one. Sad. Because I'm a true fan. <laughs> You're a true fan, but you're probably also desperate. Anyway, that's the end of uh, five and five for me. It's <laughs> very mean. <laughs> I, 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 I mean no harm but yes we'll uh, move Let's on shoot. to our, our last uh, segment of the day and be careful where you point that thing you'll blow your own face off that is right listeners we are going to jump into the best and greatest segment in Australian NBA podcasting history we're talking about none other than Shout out to the Brothers Osborne doing their thing on the country music scene. But yeah, shooting from the hip today, which is obviously I'm going to throw a handful of questions at my, I was going to say beloved co-host, but they can get fucked tonight. So uh, <laughs> my semi-okay co-host, which I still love. Um, yeah, there's they, they don't know what questions are coming their way. So they've just got to shoot straight from the hip as far as their responses. So I've only got three questions in. From the hip, questions but they're three good ones. So mm. the first question we're gonna we're gonna lead off with with Matty Tilby here. So Tilby, there is currently only one team with a negative point differential that is in the top eight teams. Like they're they're guaranteed a spot for the playoffs if we were looking at the one through eight. So we're not talking about bubble teams. We're not talking about nine, ten, elevens. There's only one team with the current negative point differential across both conferences. What team is that? I'm going to say it is Charlotte. Charlotte Hornets. Okay, you're going to go with Charlotte Hornets. I went with the Portland Trailblazers. And JP, where are you going to go? Which team currently in the playoffs has a negative point differential? I was Portland was the team that came to mind, but I'm, I'm not going to shoot from the hip. I'm going to shoot slightly across from the hip and say the Mavericks. <laughs> 
You're going to go the Mavericks. Okay. Uh, we would all be incorrect. The only team currently with the negative point differential that is in the one through eight playoff spots is the Miami Heat. They're a yeah. minus 0. 0.3, so 107.4 and 107.3 points against. But if we were to increase this to the play-in teams, that would then um, get the Heat to minus fourth, or equal fourth last, on uh, also on 0. 0.3 negative, the Warriors. The Spurs, minus 0. 0.6. And the Wizards, the big boys as far as negative point differential, minus 2.5 points. So uh, yeah. there you go. How did you get this wrong, Brendan? Where did I get this from? No, I said, how did you get this wrong? You're, oh, because you're I, it. Because I, I, I picked it before. Like I'm, I'm taking shots at these before I look up the stats. So I was right. scrolling like the standings today, and I'm like, I need a question. And then I saw um, the Raptors still had a positive points differential, even though we're way down. So yeah, like, no that could be a fun uh, I'm just curious. I'm, because I'm, I'm an honest player. You know, I, I could, I could rig these and, and win it every time if I wanted. So the next one, <laughs> which rookie is currently leading the race for overall points scored in the current 20 slash 2021 season? Do I get to go first this time? No, it's going back to oh. Sylvie. <laughs> <laughs> well then, um, I was going to say Lamelo because I thought he might have had such a, a large advantage, but I'm going to bring it back and just say Anthony Edwards. JP, it's, where it's are you definitely going? Definitely Anthony Edwards, I'm going to say. I am also on the Anthony Edwards train, and we all shot true on that one. He like is 19 points a game. He is running away with it. So, uh, yeah, LaMelo Ball, even though he hasn't played in quite some time, uh, he had 663 points before he went down with that injury. But uh, Anthony Edwards, 1,205 points for the season so far. And in a very distant second place, Tyrese Halliburton of the Sacktown Kings with 742 points, rounding out the top three. Shadiq Bay at the Detroit Pistons on 720 points. So there is a chasm between Anthony Edwards and the rest of the pack there. But um, yeah, he's really stepping win- up. He's looking like a first overall pick these days. Yeah, he's looking good now. Yeah. Do you think he can win Rookie of the Year? Because I still got that that bet going, that multi. Oh, you with, too. Because <laughs> and like Lamelo's come back now, obviously, and that's yeah. bumped him back into like the favorite on the odds. But I put my money down on on Edwards, so I'm hoping that you know Lamelo doesn't blow everyone away. I think he's deserving years. of it. I certainly think he's deserving of it. Um, just because, yeah, he's he's really starting to ascend on that that Wolves roster and. Him back and, and D'Angelo and Cat, they're, they're, they're looking actually kind of semi-cohesive and actually getting some wins and looking competitive at the moment. Yeah, they're, so, not, they're not last in the West now. It's the Rockets' problem. Yeah, they're, they're a distant last too. My goodness gracious. Okay, and the last question in. Which player is currently the leader in field goal percentage with the number of 67.8%? So which current active player for this season is the current leader in field goal percentage? Not based off minimum X amount of shots. Oh, so there's no minimum. Okay. Ugh. I thought it might have been pretty similar because he was, I know he was leading the season for three-point shot, but I'm just going to throw it out there and say Tony Snell. You're going to go Tony Snell? We're talking field goal percentage, right? Not yeah. Not three points. Not three. We're yeah. talking about overall <laughs> But shots. I mean, like his his solid three-point percentage must come into it at, at some point. So Yeah. I'm definitely trying to think of a big man because usually this thing is like a, a DeAndre Jordan type 
Although I'm trying to think who's like the... I'm just going to say DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> You're going DeAndre Jordan. I went Jared yeah. Allen. Um, and he's That's actually... What, that was the other one yeah, I was thinking. He's in third place on 64.1%. In second place, Rashawn Holmes of them Sacktown Kings, 64.4%. Rudy Gobert is currently leading the race with 67.8%. Field goal huh. percentage. Yeah. It's, it's never a three-point shooter. No. <laughs> Even yeah, if you're the I best know that now. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you're the best, like Steph, you're probably still only averaging like best case, like 50, maybe 55% would be like amazing for a shooter. To- Can we also shout out the fact that he, I think he made, broke the record for the most threes in a calendar month. He, like I think he just fell short of a hundo. Yeah, he got, I think it was 94 for, for April, which is absolutely bananas. <laughs> Insane. God, he's a special player. Mm. And this is a special jingle. You're doing so well with the segues. I'm very, I'm very proud of you. It's one of one of it's. It's going to be on my resume for when I eventually look for another job. It'll be it'll be on there. Segway, Segway Sensei or something. I'll call. Yeah, we can endorse that on LinkedIn. Oh yeah, (laughs) oh yeah. (laughs) I'll have to find a way to uh, to put that one on there. But uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that is pretty much it for another episode of hoop dreams if you've got any comments queries questions concerns or complaints you can always do so with the hashtag hoop dreams you can follow what 8bit's up to on the whole at we are 8bit and uh why not uh, follow us all or, or give us a, a little bit of your time and, and hard-earned cash over at uh kofi ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8bit as little as five dollars a month you can uh jump on in and, and get involved with some extra 8-bit goodies including i believe that uh, fancy 8-bit coin brendan yes you can get you get your hands for, on the 8-bit founders coin for 20 dollars, including postage delivered anywhere on planet earth uh, it's a limited limited run so once they sell out they're gone we are not going to uh, bring these back from the dead so get a piece of 8-bit history for $20. And uh, otherwise, yeah, five bucks a month if you can afford it. Get you early access and exclusive access to podcasts and content you won't find anywhere else. And also automatic entries and bonus entries into our monthly giveaways. Sounds bloody brilliant. And uh, if you want to follow us, what we're doing, uh, Brendan, what, uh, where can people follow you? You can follow me at Brendan8Bit on all them socials or uh, at Brendan8Bit on the gaming consoles if you want to come roll out. I'm um, playing a little bit of Second Extinction on Xbox Game Pass at the moment and uh, also Apex Legends uh, with that cross-platform functionalities we can play across every platform. So come uh, come drop in and get spicy with me. Excellent stuff. And Jono? Yeah, you can catch me on the socials at Jono himself. Last week, we had a Bruce Almighty episode of Comedy Rewind drop with Benny and Brendan himself. So go check that one out too. A very solid episode. You can always follow me on them socials at It's Tilby. But from me, Matt Tilby, Brendan White, and John O'Peck, it is goodbye for now. Take care. Keep dreaming. Do you think we can uh, get a baby to come and do uh, presenting work for us? <laughs> I mean, if they can draft them for an NBA team, I think we can do presenting work. So it'd be handy. 